Hey everyone, Jake here. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up as to what this special episode that you're seeing pop up in your feed actually is. So this is an episode that we dropped on our Patreon feed a couple days ago, so quick shout out to Patreon, consider joining. But we wanted to make sure everyone had a chance to hear this one because of the topic. And that topic is that it's basically our Rocking Horror World segment. See, as we were gearing up for our annual award show, we decided that we needed to have discussed those movies before getting into all of our awards that we're handing out. Wouldn't make sense to put that in a Rocking Horror World segment that's going to show up in mid-January. And we didn't have any more episodes on the docket, so we needed some way to get that out to all of you, the listeners. So that's what this is. Consider a preview for what Patreon is, though those discussions will typically be something that's much more off-topic. And enjoy. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I just like You to... don't know. That's my point. My point is... Oh, God. Yeah, okay. but now you Go, know. Continue. You didn't know, and now you know. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Patron Cast Pod for Patreon patrons, or to the A to Z HPCP FPP for short. If you are listening to this, I'd like to start by thanking you for being a patron of ours. We are thrilled to have you on board. We've got our usual crew this time around. I'm your host, Mark, and I'm joined this week and every week by two dudes who are convinced there's an invisible person in the room with them. It's Jack and Jake. It's me, Jack. Happy holidays. We're going to get sued, Jack. God Why would you do that? That was a perfect Mario. I I can't believe you're still... Mario? I feel like you... Yeah. I feel like you abandoned the bit. Pittsburgh all of a sudden? What bit? I'm doing catchphrases. I I don't think you've done that for like the last three of these. I can't remember a single one we've done with these in the last like three months, so... Yep. That that checks out. That all checks out. (laughs) That all checks out, yeah. (laughs) Welcome back to our semi-monthly cast where we dive into the other parts of the horror world that don't quite fit into our regular cast. This week on the A to Z HPCP FPP, we're being proactive, believe it or not. It's something we don't get to do every day. We realized as we were recording the Amulet episode that uh, we kind of all had a bunch of homework that we had gotten done regarding the movies that we needed to see for 2020. So uh, being proactive about that, we decided we should probably do an episode this week uh, instead of waiting until like the first or second week of January 2021 and dropping like 17 of those things into what's been rocking a horror world this week. On this, on our uh, Patcast episode, we are going to talk about just what's been rocking our horror world for 2020, so that we can give these movies the the, the chance they need to breathe, and we don't just like blitz right by yeah. all of our favorites from the, 2020. That's right. That <laughs> now, would now, be the problem because we're going to launch into the omnibus next in just a few short days from when you hear this, listener. And w- to keep that under, I mean, six hours, we've got to move quickly through our various movies and awards and all that stuff. So this is the best chance for you to get in any sort of a timely fashion the lowdown on the movies that we've been watching to really prepare ourselves for that award show. It's the best we can do. Yes. Yeah, but to be clear, we're not talking just generally all the movie, all the 2020 movies we liked this year. We're talking about ones we've aren't aren't gonna be able to fit into the regular podcast. <laughs> this right? is literally no, no. rocking horror worlds. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rocking is. horror worlds. We talked about a few of them already on the Amulet episode. That at this point that we're recording is just about to drop you should have heard it by the time this one comes out uh so that's probably like the first half of this the second half of this this specific episode is just geared toward making sure the one that we release as the first thing in 2021 isn't a three hour long podcast (laughs) consider it a backfill consider it a lightning round we're gonna bed some acdc under the entire episode so that's gonna get really annoying it's behind a paywall, though, so we won't get sued. Well, now, interesting you should bring that up, Jack, ah. because before we get too far into things, if you're not a patron of ours, I guess I should start here. If you are a patron of ours, again, thank you. If you are not a patron of ours and you're hearing this for the first time, here's why. We it's decided, a Christmas miracle. It is. It is a Christmas miracle. Since this episode is going to include a lot of our thoughts on the big names of 2020, the ones that we wanted to share with you, the ones that we wanted to get out there, uh, get our thoughts out there, aside from just what would be provided on the Omnibus, uh, we felt like we wanted to include this on a regular feed, and you guys get to have a tantalizing glimpse of the sweet, sweet bonus content that we provide on a semi-monthly basis. So... On that score, why why wait, right? Let's get into this. You well, almost let's, let's make said one... beers for beers. You almost said it. <laughs> That's stupid. So on that score, uh, one more caveat here. We are going to do our level best to not spoil any of these movies. Oh, and unlike God. the Omnibus, where we're going to be close to blackout drunk, I think we'll be able to accomplish the non-spoilerific nature of talking about these movies this time around. Yeah, should be basically the same spoiler level that we usually get into with Rocking Horror Worlds. Yeah. 
So yeah. somewhat on a like synopsis basis, conceptual but like level. yeah, conceptual yeah. level, but really none of the twists or turns of the individual movies. So on that score, to do it again, Jack, oh, why don't you start <laughs> us off with a movie that you saw from 2020 that you haven't talked about yet? That sounds good, Mark. And I'll go with one that you heavily recommended to both Jake and I. You mentioned it would might have been at the time at the top of your list. Perhaps you were very coy about it. Frankly, uh, I watched coy. a little film called His House. Okay. Good for you. This is a movie that is available to stream on Netflix, and uh, I got to tell you, I was fucking floored by this thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Story time. Uh, Mark and I were texting about this, just the two of us, Jack. Uh, you know, sidebars. How dare <laughs> you? While I was watching it, um, because I didn't want to throw in like any more of a recommendation than what he had already provided. I wanted to see what you would do with that recommendation, and we both thought that you wouldn't get through it by the end of the year, I think. <laughs> There was about a fifty. There, so, there was a coin flip. Look, there was a coin yeah, yeah, flip yeah. of whether or not you got to this. Based one. on my performance last year, where I think I watched seven, five, or six. Yeah, twenty nineteen right. movies uh, for the omnibus. I, I, I was a fair bet. Yep. I mean, and, I, that's, was, and that's what we were banking on. Yeah. So to to because we've now all seen this, and it was one of the several that I have to talk about today. I'll go ahead and just agree with what Jack said. I think that what I led into the conversation I had with Mark with was it's a banger. Because holy shit, uh, I I don't I don't really know. I mean, tune in for the omnibus, I guess. But when it comes to movie of the year, um, I mean, look, be tough. very briefly. I think Mark mentioned this on the regular episode, but this is about a. Uh, I think they're uh, they're a Dinka Dinka couple, um, you know, somewhere in the Nile region of Africa, one of one of those kind of tribal areas that are refugees from their their homeland coming to London, mm-hmm. and uh, deals with a lot of their horrific treatment as uh, as refugees, but then also just their house is also haunted, kind of maybe a little bit, a that little bit. Is the premise? So, that's the premise. The thing that uh, the thing that worked more. the best for me, the thing that worked the best for me, is that normally you just have like this happy American couple or whatever, happy British couple that are like moving into their new house. They might have like a cute family and maybe a dog, and they're like they're just trying to make ends meet, but they're having a good time and they live in the first world and everything's happy schmappy. And if they have to move, then they have to move. But in this one, it's just like, you can't move back. <laughs> you have to no. make this work. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, we talk- it is. Yeah. It is, and it's so important. Holy my God. I know. Yeah. We talked about that when Mark first mentioned it too. I, I think my take on that was that it, it sounded great, like a good way to cut off the resources. We always talk about that as being a really important thing that horror does and it's how you can create a believable environment and situation and this is certainly uh an interesting way to do that they have nowhere to go quite literally so it's interesting from that perspective it's important because of exactly what jack said what it's dealing with the nature of the story itself i think the other thing that i would say here is i was pretty floored by the direction of this movie the director is remy weeks he also wrote the screenplay Remy Weeks of not another feature film to his name, from what I'm able to figure <laughs> Holy out here. Shit, what uh, a doesn't debut. have a Wikipedia page, probably will soon. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't already at this point. Uh, this movie is incredible. <laughs> I, I don't so really know movie. what else to say without spoiling it. I guess if I had one thing that sticks with me on the negative side, which is a stretch to call it a negative, it's that... This is a Netflix movie that they certainly got to 90 minutes, and I think that it did a few things that could have had more room to breathe and it would have been more impactful. Uh, I don't want to comment on exactly what those were, but from an editing standpoint and what that did to the pacing down the stretch, there were... It certainly isn't perfect, let me say that, but it was fantastic. It's on Netflix. You absolutely need to see it if you have not, and we're going to do our best to not say much else from a spoilerific side. It is one go in. It's it's a. I mean, it's a. He- we talked about like what it's about. It's a heavy movie. It's Very. not a lighthearted romp. Um, no. The last thing I want to talk about with it is Mark. You mentioned that Matt Smith was in it. You didn't mention the female lead, uh, who is Wunmi Mosaku, 
And I specifically I, attempted to pronounce both of the leads' names. So if I said <laughs> I know it so incorrectly that you didn't recognize it, that's on me. <laughs> but she is—I don't think she's one of the like two or three main characters from Lovecraft Country, but she is a primary character in Lovecraft Country, really, and mm. slays that role too. Mm. Just does an absolutely incredible job. So here, I've seen her now in two things, and both of them, she's like fucking magnetic and brilliant. So that's an actor to watch. So I bounced off Lovecraft Country after like two episodes. So I. That I do not have that context in which to like feed. I don't. I don't know. I assume she's not in the first two episodes. Define bounce. Uh, off. She, she is in the first two episodes, but her her arc doesn't come until later. Okay. She is um, the sister of the female lead, huh. who sings the song when they have the party in the street in the first episode. I think that's the first episode. Okay, the show is buck wild. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. I remember the sister, but I wouldn't have like immediately connected. Okay, sure, fine. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Her arc gets very big and absolutely crazy, and she slays it. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, just to say the name again, that's his house. Yes. And it's yeah, on it's Netflix. On Netflix. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great. I'm going to jump in here. I ended I ended up with seven movies, so I'm just going to sort of interject mine betwixt <laughs> your guys'. Um, <clears throat> first yeah, one I want to talk about. You should have like about. two at a time, I think. That's how okay. math works. I have a few that I have a lot of notes on, and I have a few that I don't have very many notes Ooh, on. So I kind of try and intersperse the, the the big and the small. So it's that like this a puzzle, a Mark. It's fun. I <laughs> saw one list, one list on the internet that had this in the top whatever the movies you need to see from 2020, and this movie is called Followed, which is it's on Amazon Prime if you want to see it. It's like freely available, but it follows a YouTube influencer on. Uh, he's like one of these dudes who gets off on touring haunted houses and stuff and being like, look how scary this stuff is, but I'm not scared at all. Ah. And like a ghost debunker type of type of channel. You're this all very sounds, familiar with this. This sounds like it's right up your alley. Well, wouldn't you guess he, he goes to, he goes to do this whole shtick in a haunted hotel. There is a hotel. There's a, uh, an elevator ritual that I guess you do. It's, it's like a thing. I don't know if it was a thing before this movie or as a result of this movie, but there is like a shitload of independent, the elevator game haunted, haunted copy pasta stuff on the internet about like, you go to these specific floors. There's a lady who gets on. Don't look at her for the love of God. Don't look at her. Go down to like floor six and then get off. And then if she follows you, then you're in the nether world. And if she doesn't follow you, then you have to get back on and then go. There's like this whole set of directions or whatever. And is they, this what they do on TikTok? Is yes. Is this what TikTok's this is, about? This is explicitly what TikTok's is. We yeah, are, they're all TikToks are just the elevator game. Believe uh, it or not. Yeah. I wonder what TikTok was. So oh, basically this, that. So this movie, again, called Followed, is just sort of this like found footage thing that exists it's a haunted hotel that has people staying at it i want to i want to underline that because i do feel like that's a weird part of this yeah, is normally open yeah, hotel. normally when, when you go into the haunted asylum or the haunted hotel or the haunted prison or whatever there's like nobody left in it this is just like there are people in the rooms next to you and they're doing their crazy haunted shit Oh, whatever. Can I tell you one of my favorite things to do in this whole world that is one of my wife's least favorite traits of mine is whenever we go to like a a a B and B, you know, like an actual like kind of nicer, not really a hotel, but a place where you actually talk to people mm-hmm. about the rooms. My, they're like, do you have a room preference? My only question I have is, is there a haunted room? <laughs> do you ever get and a haunted room? Every now and again, there's a haunted room. And uh, I, I mean. I don't know. I don't actually believe in ghosts. <laughs> no, but, uh... is the answer. <laughs> I, I'd be surprised if someone didn't say yes and give you a room. <laughs> yeah, like but yeah, it's, here it's the no, one that th- faces th- the is, dumpster. <laughs> yeah, it is shocking the, the level of different one. responses you get from the proprietors of these places, where some of them are like, "Oh yes," and let me weave you a yard, and some of them are just like deadpanned, "No." <laughs> like, Maybe just... they're disappointed. <laughs> let me ask my manager. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Vincent yeah. Price's son Jody is currently staying in that room. <laughs> you can Didn't have it tomorrow. Interrupt there, but I thought it was an important interjection. This whole podcast yeah. is based on interruption. I think it's going to be okay. So to get back to Followed, haunted house movie in general, like found footage YouTube uh-huh. influencer style storytelling, the biggest weakness it has, and let me tell you, it's a pretty damn big weakness, <laughs> is that the shtick of the main guy, he lays it on so thick of... I'm a YouTube influencer, and this is like, you know, I got to be in your face and irreverent and blah. Like, he lays that on so thick that this is, like, borderline unwatchable. (laughs) There are parts of this movie that are kind of cool, but 
they pale in comparison to like every other horror movie in this general like genre. I go watch sure. go watch Gonjiamanad Asylum, go watch um Grave Encounters or something like that. Those those are both better versions of this movie. Uh it it also <laughs> That's very interesting, Mark. It also kind of sounds like it'd be more effective if I was familiar with the underlying premise, and I am not. (laughs) I don't necessarily agree with that, because I kind of like the ability of horror movies to zero in on, like, one specific piece of folklore, whether or not it's an old wives' tale or, like, a new piece of creepypasta and tell it to you, and then you, like, go online and you research and you're like, oh, shit, this is a real thing. That part's kind of cool. And, like, the coolest part of this movie is the elevator ritual. And that's set against a bunch of other, like, actual kind of okay. kind of decent haunted hotel shit. But the that's problem cool. is you have to view it through this lens of irreverent YouTube influencer dude <laughs> uh, who just fucking sucks. Who just sucks. Uh, Most YouTube influencers do. Jack, yes. I kind of want you to watch this only for the sense of... There are so many problems with the HUD that show up. That oh, Christ. <laughs> this this movie will make your head explode with how how little how how little attention to detail was paid and just scene to scene continuity and like the the general heads up displays for this one. This is like a all right. Jack and what is the name watch. of it again? That is followed. It's on this Amazon. This does sound Prime. like a good Jack drunk yeah. watch. Is it could be. I mean, yeah. Get get schlamped and then watch this. thing. Schlamped. Get schlamped. What yeah. what do you, what streaming service? Amazon Prime. Prime. Okay, it's, it's on. It's on the Zon. It's on the Zon. That's, That's what the, the kids TikTok kids it. say. Yep. I'll, I'll I'll do one more that I'm going to throw out here because this has actually already been weighed in on this podcast. Jack, I think you mm. saw this, Jake. I can't remember if you have or not. Mm. But my top one from earlier in the year, somewhere earlier in the year, was yeah. Becky. <clears throat> oh fuck yeah! Yeah, yeah I, I watched it, this. Yeah. Uh, so Becky is Kevin James and more importantly Lulu Wilson facing off against each other in a battle of wits. Um, Kevin James plays a uh, Nazi? escaped, yeah, an escaped Nazi convict, white supremacist who's like trying to find. I don't know. There's a MacGuffin. And he wants the but MacGuffin. Also kind of cult leader. <laughs> he's kind of cult leader esque. Yeah. So he's a white supremacist. <laughs> what do you? Uh, I feel like. Well, there cult are is plenty of white that. supremacist uh, followers. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Being a white supremacist does not make you a cult leader. But, okay, he does have, like, he's given this, like, almost preternatural ability to lead. Okay, great. In and he's very movie. charming. He's, like, smarmily charming in sure. Kevin James in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got that going for him. But really, realistically, what this movie is, is Kevin James versus Lulu Wilson in a violence contest. And they just, like, is she for the record, Lulu Wilson is, I mean, what, like, 15, maybe? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's obviously a fully grown adult with a band of white supremacists, and they're just—it's sort of like Home Alone. That's uh, how I describe which it. I'm, it's Home Alone if the injuries that would that happen should have actually happened. Did happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If if every time you hit somebody in the pay can, you actually crush their skull. <laughs> um, that doesn't happen here, but the spiritual cousin, I think, of hitting somebody in the head with a paint can does happen frequently. And I, this movie is incredibly fun if you want like this nice oh, little fun. like backwoods romp of it is a romp like it's yeah it's not it's not dark and brooding oh it's i thought that's what it was supposed gory. to be i thought that's what it was supposed no to be. it's oh. no well it's, it's both i described I, it as home alone it, it's wow. home alone but it does have like a heavy amount of violence to it yeah and they specifically avoid i really appreciated this about the movie they avoid a lot of the traps that you would expect to see in this type of movie i'm not going to go any further than that but it does have like these nice little refreshing bursts of creativity that happen in a way that I, I think it's not like breaking a ton of new barriers. It's not going to be the most unique thing you see all year, but it's not the same like little kid who fights against the, the, the powers that be type of movie that you've seen a hundred times. Like there are mm-hmm. twists and turns to this thing that are quite refreshing. So that's true. Now, now Mark, I, I, I was thinking about this recently when doing my omnibus preparation in terms of one particular scene, uh, I'm going to call it the eye sequence. <laughs> uh, uh, how did that hit you? <laughs> uh, it's, I, I mean, if I had to summarize it in one word, I would say comical, but <laughs> That 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 is sort of like what this movie does best is like oh my god this thing is happening right now, and it's brutal but also kind of hilarious and slapsticky at the same time. 
Yep. Um, that movie, it, it in, or that scene in and of itself sort of encapsulates the theme of the overall movie. So I, I think that's the appropriate thing that you probably should have zeroed in on here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's Becky. I watched it. You can find that anywhere on, uh, I mean, on any rental platform. I don't think it's free anywhere, but I saw it for, it was like $2 or something like that on Prime. So I don't oh, know wow. if I had a credit or if it was, if it's just cheap. <laughs> I don't know. Go Google it. It's, it's pretty good. I recommend it. It's a fun nice. one. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Jake, how about you now? Yeah, so the weight of his house kind of pushed me in another direction with several of the recent movies that I've watched. Uh, So you're going to notice a theme as we get through this podcast. The first of which, do you guys remember talking about Extraordinary or seeing anything about Extraordinary? Uh, I do remember I definitely remember the name. Yeah, Yeah. so this is Irish. This is the British one, right? Yeah. Oh, Irish, Um, excuse me. It could be anywhere in Britain, let's be honest. Someone's screaming into their headset right now or whatever they're listening to this on but it's it takes place in ireland like this is an out and out horror comedy with that sort of out there british humor that if you if you like that then this is really going to be up your alley jack i think you might be in that boat a little bit more than me so when i or me i'm just gonna I, volunteer or me yeah i think of jack <laughs> not before you but Will Forte is in this, he, right? Will Forte is certainly right? in this. He okay. plays the antagonist, and that's not really a spoiler. All I have to do is look at the uh, the poster for the movie. This is a movie <laughs> about like a reluctant hero, and that hero is someone, she's a driving instructor, who can basically exercise ghosts or demons via her good nature. <laughs> she just kind of like has it. It's an innate ability and she's grown up with it. She has some tragedy in her past and that's all weaved into the story. But primarily it's kind of about her finding her strength through a sequence of jokes. And that's about all this amounts to like, there's a guy he's trying to sacrifice a virgin to the demon and to get some like musical prowess back. He's a musician. That's Will Forte's character. And she has to try to stop it. And she works with this kind of ragtag crew to basically possess them and get them to regurgitate ectoplasm into a jar that builds power that she can use against Will Forte's character. And it's a bit weird, and it tries to be. Uh, What that amounts to is a movie that's a bit weird that tried to be. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was okay. I mean, it's a 90-minute funny movie. I had some laughs. I'm probably going to forget about it in like three weeks. I have seen it on a lot of lists, uh, and I wouldn't say that it's a waste of time by any means. I just don't know that I'd recommend going out and watching it before the end of the year for some sort of hypothetical awards that you had to give out. (laughs) If you were doing an award show with your friends. (laughs) I don't know what category this would come into play on. I just don't. It's an okay movie. Best sound editing. And then... <laughs> did you did you say this is like a rental? A little on forgettable. Rental this is an Amazon Prime, like five bucks sort of deal. I'd wait until yeah, it's yeah. like three, and then I'd watch it. There you it's go. certainly there watchable. You go. Like it's not a bad movie, and it had some relatively novel stuff to it. Like the whole ectoplasm bit that I just talked about was, I guess, a different angle than I've seen before. But I just don't know that I'm going to remember having watched it in two months. Fair enough. Unless I'm prompted. Yeah, huh. That, yeah, that'll happen. Every once in a while, you come across a movie, you're like, oh, I should watch that. And then you read the synopsis maybe a little bit, or you, or worst case scenario, if you're Jack, you rent it again for the fourth time, and yeah. you watch the first 10 minutes, and you're like, oh, yep. I've seen this. Damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. better continue watching and fall asleep on the couch. Exactly. Do this again in a month. Okay. It's a ritual, Mark. Uh, so, tenuous recommend, I guess, if you like British humor. Yes, that would be the prerequisite. And if you do, then it's probably a big thumbs up. But, you know, it's not for me. All right. How about a tenuous recommend if you like South American dictators from me? Ooh, huh? another heavy one. Ooh. Another heavy one. Let me know if either of you guys have watched this. I not watched yet. La Llorona. Uh, nope, this is on Shutter. This is another one that I didn't really have all that many And let's notes. be very clear. This is not the curse of La Llorona. Correct, no. correct. I have already weighed in on the curse of La Llorona, the Blumhouse it movie. It sucks. That movie is goddamn <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's worse than The Nun, believe it or not. This movie, La Llorona, is a completely different thing. It came out on Shutter in the first half of the year, maybe? Maybe sure. it was like June, something what, like that? Time Mark, is meaningless. Yeah, why yes. would you do that in this year? Why? I don't know. I like to challenge myself to try and remember when things mm. came out on HRR. I like drinking beer. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you for that addition. Je suis la jeune fille. 
<laughs> okay, Muzzy. Um, this is a this is a movie set against a Guatemalan genocide trial. It borrows significantly, I think, from real life without actually being anything from real life. Like obviously. Guatemala is a real place, and the genocide of the Mayan Luxel, I don't know how to pronounce that, I-X-I-L people, mm-hmm. um, is a real thing. But this is a fictitious character set in that world uh, with the obvious piece of folklore, I'm bringing folklore into it again, of La Llorona, which is obviously this a recurring character similar to like the well ghost or something else that just like exists within South American culture of this lady, this ghost who haunts your family and eventually tries to steal your the kids from you or drown them or something. It kind of varies depending on what region you're in. But, hey, wouldn't you know it, the movie called La Llorona, La Llorona involves a ghost that is La Llorona. My Sharona. Wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah, My Sharona. Um, it is a well-put-together movie, but honestly, this is more drama than horror. It's one of those movies mm-hmm. where, like... interesting. Where the the script itself is not a horror movie. It just so happens that, like, the things that occur in it require it to be set in a horror universe. You know what I mean? It's it's less a ghost from a jump out and scare you standpoint and more a ghost from, like, a thematic element of karmic retribution standpoint. Yeah. So yeah. that's what you're getting with this one. If you want a little bit more of like, I mean, it, like I said, it's a really well put together movie. It's a, it's a very, it's a very tight package. Um, but don't go in expecting this one to be like a thrill ride, a pulse pounder, something that's going to raise your blood pressure or anything like that. It's, it's, it's just, um, I mean, if you watch the trailer, you kind of know exactly where you're getting into. It's a straight line. It's a slow burn straight line. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Any questions on that one? It's available on Shutter. Mark, recently we watched a film that was a a dramatization of the events of the Jonestown massacre, and you were very upset that they like chose to dramatize the Jonestown massacre events without just actually talking about Jonestown. Did did you? I, I just based on your description of it to me, it sounds like you might have a similar reaction on this to an actual genocide that happened. I mean, I, I there's yeah, that's probably the exposure that I have to the two different tragedies. This isn't something that I think is widely exposed sure. in American culture, so sure. that's probably part of it that you're right. I should be a little bit more indignant here. But the one thing that Sacrament did that like really pissed me off is it included the after like post credit scene, not yeah. po- like during credit scene of like here is a counterfactual history to the things that happened that directly yeah, it, mirror the actual shit that, that didn't happens. didn't have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I think, is one or two steps enough removed from reality that I think it's fine that they reference it and they, they reference the, like, the people that are affected and they like don't disguise the country or anything. They show some of... They, don't, yeah, they, that, don't, they, that, they show a, ficti- a, a fictitious version of the violence and all that stuff to keep that, it real enough. The fact that it's happening to a fictitious dictator is a separate thing, but mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I don't think really this is point. easily close to as offensive as the sacrament. Was. <laughs> no, that, that, that's a really good point. You can you can reference tragedies and make them fictitious and just thematically based on real events without. But but what what the the sacrament did was like the wrong like too much of both sides of that line. Yeah, just appropriated the entire <laughs> thing that happened and then said, "Nah, we made this up. This is this is something that is completely fictitious, <laughs> even though it mirrors exactly the events of this cult that happened in the nineteen something, whenever that was, eighties. Sure, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. fair so, enough. Yeah, that's La Llorona. You can find that one on Shutter. Uh, I'm gonna nice. launch into the next one I have, which I kind of expect one of the two of you to have seen, but maybe not. Hmm. Have either of you seen Wolf of Snow Hollow yet? Yes. No, it wasn't even frankly on my list. Okay, Jake, you want to take this one? Lead off with Wolf of Snow Hollow. Wolf of Snow Hollow was interesting from the perspective of I watched a trailer. It looked okay. I assumed it couldn't be very good because Wolf of Snow Hollow. And then it's worth noting that I believe this came out in October and I just had a viscerally negative reaction to something that was so clearly winter-themed coming out that month and it was a glutton of a month anyway. Wasn't super interested, but... It started showing up on, like, every list I've seen since then. And that is somewhat surprising to me for, like, a werewolf movie called Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, So I put it on the list. I took the leap yesterday. And 
I'm interested to hear, hear what Mark says, but where the humor of of the uh, the other movie that I just talked about, which I'm already forgetting the name of, Extraordinary, wasn't for me. <laughs> I was laughing almost cover to cover on this one. Oh, it's a comedy. No. Yes, question mark. <laughs> uh, no, Jack. Okay. No, it is not. <laughs> I don't. It, it, it's, it, it is and it isn't. You know, Jack, sometimes you ask difficult questions and you're going to get half answers. It's it's not a comedy, Let's... but it's written in such a way that there is humor in almost every scene or I am a terrible person. Sure. No, you're right. It's, it goes it... for it. Yeah, it has so it's written and directed and stars the same person yes. named Jim Jim Cummings, who is like the main. He's not the sh- he's explicitly not the sheriff of the town, but he is like the one of the lead police officers. He's of the, the town. sheriff's son, and his and and the sheriff is played by Robert Forrester. R.I.P. Uh, and and I think his last performance. Uh, yeah, he di- yeah, yeah he died like during production of the movie, like mid filming. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that I mean that part's unfortunate, but his his general like affectation is one that is like heavily sarcastic, and it brings such a weird tonal dissonance to the movie that it's it's this is explicitly not a comedy, mm-hmm. but his line delivery throughout is very comedic. Yeah, and the way it's written is just it it's a very specific thing. It's very punchy. I think, it's very punchy, and I think you would have to like watch a scene to get what we're talking about but if you watch that scene and then just assume that it's exactly like that for the 90 minute runtime you, you know what you're getting into yeah it it so, is for me from that perspective which is is kind of odd because it's it's inherently like mark said i like tonal dissonance rather than inconsistent because there's an intentionality to that word you choice um that, that is important yeah and i think <laughs> that it shows its spots correctly for the most part because you can yeah. get really off track in a movie like this, where you're trying to insert this sort of a feeling and sentiment to everything that you're doing, set around this. Look, there's a town. It's in small town Utah, like a ski town, and there is. It's a in werewolf. Park City. Let's be real. It's that's just. It's in Park, in Park City. City, pretty much. Yeah, and there's a werewolf that's killing people. It was kind of cool to. It. it was kind of cool to turn on a movie and then just immediately see shots of like, oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been yeah. there. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> All of them are just shots from like immediately off of I-80. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's the that's, opening that's one of the opening shots it, right? is actually Big Cottonwood, uh which is a very scenic drive. Yeah. How might one watch this film? Uh, the Prime Rental. It's on any VOD service. Yeah. I rented it on no, Prime. I mean, nobody, nobody said anything about that, but No, it's on it's on any VOD service. I think this one's still slightly expensive, maybe like 5 bucks, but totally worth it. Um this is an interesting one for me to talk about because it is ex- I thought it was exceptionally good, but it's also one of the most stressful movies I saw, which is what? a product. It's a product of the energy that like Jim Cummings brings. So there's so many, there's so much shit happening. As you get in any good werewolf movie, this uh-huh. is a movie that just happens to have like a werewolf in the background, right? This is a movie about like general inadequacy, trying trying to live up to your father, family dynamics, uh. I mean, cultural misogyny plays a role here. Mm-hmm. The the relation, like alcoholism, is a huge mm-hmm. theme. Um, you know, it trying is a laundry to make list of issues. Yeah, it's just it's just family drama. Uh-huh. Why in in the background of this guy's life while he's trying to solve this uh, this, <laughs> this series of, of incredibly brutal werewolf themed murders. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Mark, that description. In a certain way, that description is exactly what's hilarious about this movie. Yeah, but it's also what's incredibly stressful. I didn't about get this the stress, mo- like, man. I was that movie made me feel. I laughed so fucking much during this movie, so, man. So, and that and that's the funny thing too is it resonated so well with me, and I think yeah. it illuminated like a part of my brain where I was like, maybe I shouldn't think this is as funny as it is. I, okay, me too, <laughs> me too, because I fucking loved it, man. Like this movie, I I just I I watched it. I thought it was good, but it probably was more for me than most people. Maybe we're more similar than I think. I don't know. We we or, have a lot of the same. Or alternatively, maybe this is a a point of view that is more universally relatable than we are maybe. given to understand. And he's and Cummings has kind of tapped into something mm-hmm. that is sort of a fun and maybe not fun, but a 
a theme that we can all sort of resonate with, mm-hmm. especially in a world where we're all trapped inside and have a lot of this like nervous energy that's just like pent up inside of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, Jack, I highly recommend this for you. Yeah, I would recommend like this, this to any listener as well, but just know who you're listening to, I suppose. I thought this movie was fucking great. <laughs> Like, awesome! Like, it's it's pretty good. It's it's one of the best werewolf movies that I've seen in the and like the, that has come out recently. Frankly, I I put it on my list once. I asked, "Is it funny?" And at simultaneously, Mark said no emphatically, and Jake said yes. It was fucking hilarious. Mark saying no emphatically <laughs> is I don't know. You like didn't ask if it was funny. You asked if it was a comedy, which yeah. is not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Important distinction. In, yeah, it's not a comedy. Mark, you know, you know what led to that uh, imprecise language on my part. I just alcohol. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, <laughs> I brought six beers up here to record this relatively short episode, and I just opened my second to last the, one. The one that Mark said would Uh-oh. be sh- for surefire shorter than forty-five minutes. We're doing pretty well so far, are we? Aside from the amount of time that I spent stumbling through the intro, I tell you, it's okay. a good thing that I have the I have the same movies on my list that you guys do. We're churning through mine. That was my uh, that was my calculated risk there. Okay. Jake. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Wolf of Snow Hollow, like two thumbs up from me. Two thumbs up from me too. Just know that you're getting into sort of a manic. You, this isn't a relaxing one. <laughs> I relaxed. <laughs> or maybe you are. I don't know. Fuck Laughter is the best medicine. Wolf of Mark. Snow Hollow. I'd great. been pretty stressed until the holidays got here. I watched this and immediately felt better. Oh, you think it's a hunter without a license? Come over here and tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think it's a hunter? Go back to fucking computer science school. <laughs> <laughs> the scene, oh my god! I just want to start talking about the scenes. Oh, Don't just quote lines at me. There, I'm gonna watch this movie. There's Stop a scene. It. There's a scene where he and his daughter are arguing in her bedroom, and I fucking had to pause the movie. <laughs> it is like not that funny, but it's so funny. Yeah, I don't remember that one being funny at all. And oh Jack, my god! Jack, his take his it from propensity. Here. He just starts like yelling his points at people, and it's so funny. Uh, yeah, whatever, never have I heard anyone in our friend group have take that type of sensibility. It's the relatability angle, Mark. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Jack, your turn. Yes, what, sir. What's the next one on your list? Next one is one that I know for sure was on Jake's list. Uh-oh. So I'm interested to see if he's seen Probably it. Not. All his movies are gone. Um, <laughs> this one is called The Deeper You Dig. Um, this is one you have to rent from any of the streaming services. It was in the $3.99 range, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. Uh, when I watched mm-hmm. it. Um, this is one that I didn't really know. This is directed by and written by a family that has done like everything they do together it's like a husband wife and daughter interesting uh, jake did you end up watching this one no i'm tr- I'm struggling to remember it what okay get, take me back for a minute jack what uh i mean you definitely had it on your list we talked about it a couple of weeks ago it's, um it's not my, it's not my <laughs> list right now <laughs> okay so it's on your list yeah no it's not yeah. it's not on my list oh. right now well fuck <laughs> maybe are, are you just be. are you just uh, making yeah, shit jack up? made this up I might I might have made up that this was on your list. Yo, I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck this is. This says here written and directed by Jack. No and name redacted. <laughs> you son Last of a name bitch. redacted? No, so so this is this is written and directed by John Adams and Toby Poser John and Adams. their daughter Zelda John Adams, Toby Poser, his wife, and their daughter Zelda Adams. Um nope. and I'm not familiar with this movie. All right. Well, look. the The general premise of this movie is uh, there's like a, a guy is is rebuilding a house um, and is a struggling alcoholic, and then there's an accident, and he's trying to like shit gets harder after he crashes into someone. Um, okay. And buries their <laughs> remains, and uh, no matter how far he de- digs, the deeper he digs, uh, shit just gets worse. This is a movie. The way I would describe this movie is I respected it a lot more than I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so it wasn't very good. Is what you're it's, saying? It's a movie. I, I, I mean, it's very clear. The direction. The direction is very intentional. It's it's really well done. The cinematography is beautiful, but it's it's missing. Like it, the writing with the cinematography, with the pacing, with the direction. Like it doesn't all quite meet up. I don't dislike any part of it but they don't all work well together into like a movie i enjoyed watching it's it's i mean ultra low budget too it's it's really well done for the budget they had but uh it's it's not when jake now that i I, now that it's famously never was on your list you don't need to have it on your list. perfect i won't add it 
This is the reason why you constantly edit and revise your list, you know? Yeah. You just got to you got to excise the stinkers. Exactly. It's not a stinker for sure. Okay. It is, it is a beautiful movie. It is a a really well-shot movie. It is it is a movie that has a lot of love for cinema and pays a lot of homage to movies like The Shining is the biggest influence clearly. Um but it it's it's really interesting. It's not derivative of like other movies, but it is influenced by them and it's really well done. It does what have kind a of ninety four percent on the tomatometer? It's it's really good. Like I said, I can't I don't it's not that I didn't like any aspect of it. It's just for me like the way it's shot versus the pacing versus the story, it just didn't all line up together in a way that like made it a really enjoyable watch for me, if that makes any sense at all. I need to understand where this one was pulled from. My God. It's going to bother me. I mean, I'm sure. So I, I have it on my, because I saw it on one of the best of 2020 lists. Okay, well, okay. Uh, I, I, I thought, and then I drunkenly thought you and I had talked about this. You know, I mean, we might have. Did. Chances are I was drunk, too. <laughs> so... Okay. One of cool. Jake's well, then- many drunken lists that he created and then he immediately <laughs> burned. Um, yeah. It's a good, good movie. movie. It's a good move, actually. Just be like, here's a list of movies that I'm generally curious in, but I don't want to like actually spend the time watching. I'm just going to read these. Hey, yeah, you should totally watch like, the deeper you dig. Are any of those? Oh, yeah. All of them are on your list. Okay. Well, go go watch them and let me know what you think. Why would you give that away? That's like a great strategy. And now it's. Now it's out there and you ruined it. It's it. I don't know. Yeah, you know. I just you like don't to. Know. That's my point. My point is. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, but now but, you know. Continue. You didn't know, and now you know. Hey, Mark, we're gonna go over the forty-five minute mark. The show. Okay. <laughs> this, yeah. Okay, thank great. you. Well, I yeah, just want to clarify you're... that I was right. I feel like you became aware of it, and he immediately started vamping. <laughs> um. No. That's the problem. I don't think that's possible, Mark. I'm going to jump in The here. Deeper You Dig is a good movie. <laughs> I'm not recommending it to either of you two for our end of year Wonderful. Discussion. Thank you for your contribution. Kay. I'm going to throw one out there. Go. It's called Blackwater Abyss, baby. This is my top yeah. one from yeah, August, I want to say. Okay. Um, possibly a little bit later than that. This is an Aussie flick of a bunch of people getting caught in a cave system as it floods. System. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it's a cave system. Yeah, I just like the way you said system. It came through for me. It worked. Okay, cool. I like that. Cool. Uh, they're caught in a cave system, and there just also just happens to be a murderous crocodile in there, or alligator. I cannot tell the difference between the two of them. Yeah. I guess this is a um, this is a sequel to a movie called Blackwater that came out like almost thirteen years ago. It was Makes a twenty twenty aught seven movie. I want to say, set in the same mangrove swamp. So, I guess that that don't go there. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how this whole like lore works or whatever. It's just a movie. It's just a series of movies set about murderous crocodiles in a swamp. Um, this one was I, I had this on my list because I've been on a kick lately. I think set off by watching Underwater of people versus the elements, and that part of this movie I think works remarkably well. Of like getting caught in a cave that is slowly filling with water. You're out of batteries you're out of cell signal you can't climb out of the cave you're drowning because the thing the the one place you came in uh collapsed and Mm -hmm. then there also just happens to be this like almost supernatural killing machine (laughs) that is living in there with you and that i think is the weakest part of this movie there are some shots here (laughs) i'm shocked (laughs) there are some shots here that like are quite incredible the cave water is obviously quite murky and they they make it work in a way of like flashing what it would be like to have a crocodile swim over you or like next to you and just have like those teeth just like come in and then fade out immediately that type of stuff works really well yeah and then believe it or not you guys there's a lot of really bad cg in this movie oh god yeah so uh that part's unfortunate but if you're out there looking for sort of like a lake placid style a race against a giant killing machine type of movie. I don't know. It's all right. It's kind of funny because it's it's there's a recent string, or at least I'm putting this in the same bucket. It might not belong there, but who's to say? A recent string of movies where there is that battle against the elements and they're doing like seven things when it would only take one to like absolutely give me all I need out of a situational, like the situation, right? (laughs) Like the most recent one we just did on this month's HR was called like breaking surface or something. It was the one in Norway where they're, yeah, the bad CG orcas. There's like 700 things that happen. 
I mean, Jesus Christ. It, this, I think, is that, you know, spiritual cousin, Mark, to use an earlier I phrase. I mean, it, it is to a certain extent. And from the concept of doing way too many things, mm-hmm. there is... Look, I don't think too many people are, are going to see this movie, so we're going to get slightly more into spoilers on this one than we typically would. But the main couple in this... Well, one of the main... Co- there's like three couples in this. It's too many. One of them is... So hold on. We got... They're pregnant, recently pregnant, and the guy doesn't know yet. Um, he is a, a cancer survivor. He is also asthmatic. <laughs> and there may or may not be a cheating subplot involved, all within one couple. <laughs> See, that's just like throwing everything that's, at the wall. It's a little too much melodrama within just one yeah. script. Yeah, it's too much. You got to cut yeah. some stuff, guys. Uh, so that's the type of that's the type of character writing that you're getting into when you watch a movie like Blackwater: Colon Abyss. Um, but you know what? It's it's what what do you, what do you want? It's a bunch of people on an adventure trying to escape a cave system. I mean, I, you're, you're getting what you're paying for. It's available basically everywhere. Love it. We'll Moderate it, recommend probably. if you like that type of movie. Yeah. Honestly, I had a good time watching it. So I mean, yeah. Just so many movies. If you're if you're like moderately claustrophobic or afraid of spelunking or anything like that, like this could get to you. And was this a rental? Yeah, this this was a rental. rental. It was still like four or five bucks, but I'm sure it'll come down relatively soon. Yeah. Nice, Jack. I'm up again. Okay, cool. Um, I have saved every time you go, Jake goes. So I think he only has. I think both of you only have one movie left. That's accurate. I have one left. I have one left. (laughs) I have saved the best for last, and I say that knowing full well that I talked about his house earlier. That, um, wow! What? Hot take. Do yeah, it. do it, do it. Uh, Hit us with your best shot. This Finally. is a movie called The Dark and the Wicked. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, I was okay. hoping one of us would see this. Yeah, this is presently available to rent uh-huh. uh, on any of the rental yeah. platforms. I think for like four ninety nine, five ninety nine, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, it will be on Shutter as of like end of January, January twenty first, or something like that for free. So maybe, maybe wait for it, but don't fucking wait for it. This movie is so goddamn good, you guys. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! This is this is a movie about uh, Marin Ireland. Ireland is the star of this movie, who is returning to her childhood home, the like farmhouse she grew up on to care for her dying father. Um, oh, holy shit, it's amazing. Um, this is one of the best first thirds of a movie I've ever seen in my whole life. Ooh, um, the perfect first third. It doesn't. <laughs> that's the, the that's rare, important The third. rare and perfect first third. I, it, like the, the pacing in the first act of this movie is absolutely perfect. Um, the, 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 this movie is dependent on jump scares but they earn every single one and they're very effective this movie's no- fucking oh, terrifying okay weird i would have um, it's yeah it, it's it's less of a western horror than i expected it to be based on the trailer but it is still like an isolated they're out there in the middle of fucking nowhere um and they do do a lot of beautiful cinematography in this like desolate farm location that they're hmm. in hmm. um but so holy shit this movie's so jack good. hypothetically speaking um it's coming to sh- okay. This part's not hypothetical. It's coming to shutter in January or whatnot at this point. But hypothetically speaking, for those that may have to give awards, yeah, payment might need to be in order. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. this one I think is a is is you got to toss it on your list for okay. the end of the okay. year. Okay. Is this movie is I, I can't I can't describe like the it, it's so it is a perfect combination of building dread while it affecting good jump scares throughout that it earned really well so like it's not sacrificing on either level it is very scary both on the dread building and on the jump scares that happen um the pacing after that first third is not my favorite thing in the world but it's still very very good um and i mean all the actors in this is like four characters in this movie they'll do a tremendous job Marin ireland absolutely kills it this movie rules it was i loved it i absolutely loved it now jack uh, also, hypothetically speaking, actually, no, this part isn't hypothetical. I'm following the same. <laughs> Say, okay, so you've started exactly like me. <laughs> I'm, following, I'm following the same pattern that Jake did. Um, <clears throat> you famously gave Bird Box your, like, I think, number two favorite movie of the year. And the year before that, you talked about how good Bright was. 
uh, because you had what seen both f- of those within is- the last like 48 hours. Of I didn't talk about Bright in the Omnibus. You did. Right? You did. You absolutely did. Um, what is Convince bright? me. I don't know why I led in with hypothetical because none of this Yeah, is what are you doing, Mark? Con- convince me that this isn't just recency bias. <laughs> uh, because both of those years, I had not watched a sufficient amount of movies to have a full discussion throughout <laughs> the Omnibus. And this year I'm rocking like 16, 17, up to 20, okay. maybe. Okay. That's fair. That's a good rebuttal. I'll take it. <laughs> I might save my money until the end of January, and I'll just weigh in at that point on whether or not I think it should have been included in the omnibus. Yeah, you you you, you will think it should have been included. Oh in the no! Omnibus. Oh my god! Bold. Oh my god! Don't tell me what to think, sir. And actually, this isn't this isn't Mark's favorite type of movie, but I still. I'm gonna say, yeah, like very, the very western, much. the western type. It's not western. Is... It's not. It doesn't have those same kind of western themes that a lot of those movies I really like do. I don't think the things that Mark doesn't like about westerns are the same things that you did. I butch. I butchered it. I don't think that the things are aligning correctly. I, what I'm saying is, I think I understand what Mark's dislikes about western movies, and especially about western horror movies, and this isn't those. Okay, there. That's fine. You remember that movie we saw recently, the trailer of, that we talked about in HRR, that just had the, the moniker of Be Intrigued? Yeah. I think that's what you've accomplished here. I'm just intrigued now. I'm <laughs> intrigued. the lamprey in the basement? Yeah, it was the lamprey gentleman. Oh, it was yeah. that one. That yeah. was, what was it called? Uh, something, uh, nope. What Lies Below. God. It was like What Lies I'm Beneath, but Below. I'm such an idiot. Don't ever listen to me. Bird Box was bad and Bright sucked. Well, Jack, that's why he had to go down that line. Thank you for the line of questioning, Mark. I don't yeah, think I talked about Bright in the Omnibus. You did. You absolutely did. Nah. <laughs> do you want me to go back and find it I'm for just, you? Uh, yeah. In the 2018 Omnibus? I do. I, okay. It's a three-hour-long episode, so fuck you, man. <laughs> you offered. That's the goal now. Okay, Jake, you want to take it from here? I'm 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 betting on the outside chance that maybe you and I share one of these. Uh, well, is it is is yours mortuary collection? No, it is not. Okay, well, mine's mortuary collection, so we didn't share one, Mark. Damn it. Okay. I'll go kind of fast. I mean, this is I hadn't really watched any 2020 anthologies, so I figured why not take a leap on one that's showing up on lists. Uh, I did that. This is pretty solid i i don't have a lot of negatives here that i wouldn't put against most other anthologies that we watch like some of the bits are going to be more for you than others but that's okay it's at its strongest when it is most twilight zony and i guess what i mean by that is everything that this builds and it is a strong anthology from a sense that it it has a consistent and interesting and developed frame narrative which is there is a mortuary owner, manager, worker guy in this little nondescript town. I think it's called like Ravens Pass or like, you know, like one of those bullshit places. Generic horror movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, like same name as whatever was in Dead Silence or whatever, right? Anyway, he manages a mortuary and it's a spooky place for all the people in this small town. So it has some lore around it. And he is interviewing someone who is working for a part-time job at, at the start of the movie. And they just kind of get into a conversation and she wants to hear about the stories that he has picked up along the way and what proceeds are set. Each of the different segments kind of takes place during a a different decade in the past, in the history of whatever this town was. It's called Raven's End, not past. But so you start like, oh, God, you fucked this up. I know you start in like the 50s and then you have a segment. (laughs) It's not Raven's Cove in the 60s. And then you have a segment that took place in the 70s. You can see where this is going. Right. And so each of these is like a different decade and someone's uh, untimely and potentially supernaturally or otherwise related demise uh, mixed in with them kind of discussing. And I, I actually think the frame narrative was in some ways the strongest part because it did a clever thing where she kind of played the role of the audience where he's telling a story and she's kind of like asking for more. And if trajectorially the way you set up your anthology is to get stronger, which a lot do, I wouldn't say that it's a consistent thing, but you never put the best segment at the very start. That's very rare, right? So like he starts off with a story and she's like, oh, that's like kind of cool. But like, here's all these things. Like why did the story, you know, she's kind of like, doubting obviously anything that he's saying is real and she's like why would you leave this out or what about this like give me something more it's a cool story but you for you forgot this entire piece of something that's necessary for me to be scared by it 
And so she's kind of playing the role of the audience, which I think was intelligent. Like I said earlier, this is at its best when it's just doing its best Twilight Zone impression. And I think ultimately its struggle is that it's going to get a little bit lost in the number of movies that out there that exist out there, really. It's strong. It looks pretty good. I think it's a good one to throw on and just kind of hang out to. Ultimately, not really one that I think that you need to rush out there and spend money on. I don't think you said this yet. Was this Shudder? This was an, also an Amazon rental. Nope, Amazon. this was Shudder. Nope, this was Shudder. You're right. Let me, let me <laughs> You're nobodying me. I know. I, dude, I've seen so many movies in the last two weeks. I don't know where the fuck things are. Let me double check. Okay. Did you even watch this movie, Jake? Oh, I watched it. This is Shudder. I watched the hell out of it. And <laughs> this it was on Shutter good, right now. Jack. Oh, oh I watched I actually it. put them. The thing is, I, I actually put where I watched all these in my notes because I knew I'd forget that. And then I didn't look at my notes and therefore got it wrong. It's on Shutter. I was going to say, I felt like this one was like yeah. on one of the featured banner things next, last time I signed in. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Okay. It's, a, it's a fun one. I mean, it, if you like anthologies, definitely watch it. It's one of the better ones I've seen in the last couple of years, but it's not going to knock your socks off. Okay. And not to cross streams, but this is or is not the one that we were talking about recently from like November that included the Donald Trump robot. No. With a giant flamethrower nope. and like the alien that was shooting spikes and a couple other things. No, different, that was a different movie. Uh, yeah. I would Ugh. guess that this one's of a higher quality. I guess. Okay, fair enough. I mean, you yeah. never know. Go if you have Shutter, go watch it. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, low barrier entry. Jack, anything to add to that one? No, to that one. It, <laughs> I haven't seen it. It sounds. It sounds like, like an anthology. <laughs> Do you remember weighing in on it in HRR, perhaps? Not even at all. <laughs> what was no. your take? <laughs> uh, okay, I have two more. You guys yep. are done, yeah? I'm fresh oh, out. No. Okay, I'll get to Mark, th- I talked about three fucking movies, man. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, you're doing good. You're doing great, Jack. Keep it up. You should probably take a shot. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, damn it, I already whiskey up here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with the more palatable one first. I watched... Oh. That's a bad Love trajectory. and Monsters, which I rented on what? VOD. What do you mean? What? Isn't that shit like twenty bones right now? Things are no, there's several on my list that are really expensive. No, no, no. I was monitoring this one. It was twenty bucks for a long time, and then randomly it came down to like five dollars. Ah, there it is. So I think this one actually is currently available to rent. It's still sli- a slightly spendy rental, like a six. But if you're sitting in my boat where you just canceled your uh, DVD Netflix plan and you have an extra six bones to throw on top of stuff every <laughs> once in a while. Burn a hole in your pocket? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you could do this type. You can take this type of swing. Um, so, yeah, Love and Monsters, freely available, I think, on, yeah, I mean, wherever you want to watch it, YouTube, Google, Amazon, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a... Adventure love story. I don't even think it's tagged as horror if you look it up on IMDb, and it probably shouldn't be because this is an adventure-type love story of a guy going out into the world of the post-apocalypse and trying to find his high school girlfriend, essentially. They've been separated by this incredible disaster that that has occurred, and none of this is spoilers because really the point of this movie is the, like visual world that is created this is an incredibly cg heavy thing mm-hmm. that it, that just happens to you it is a spectacle if i can come up with no other word to describe this movie this is just a spectacle and that is exactly how you should go into this one uh like motivated to see it right so if you can get like the uhd version i think we i think we got the uhd version uh and it was the same price as everything else. So do that. Turn your sound system up. Get that whole thing going. Uh, this is a visual feat, if absolutely nothing else. That said, it's not absolutely nothing else because it's actually quite an endearing story that you get like throughout the whole thing of this guy kind of like growing. And this isn't like a crazy new narrative that you've never heard of before. It's it's the hero's journey. He's like, he, he doesn't want to go first and, he, and then he grows and then he becomes like a more of a badass and figures everything out. And then I, hey, wouldn't you know it? He's like an actual like wanderer of the wasteland type thing at the end. Cool. <laughs> wouldn't you, that's crazy. Okay. But 
The seven or eleven part heroes journey. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So uh Dylan O'Brien is the main guy. Uh he does a great job as the lead. He's uh he gets a dog along the way, and let me tell you, great dog acting in this movie. Great Perfect. dog I'm acting. Sold. I'm sold. That's and that honestly should be all you really need to see this thing. It what? it's tropey and cheesy, but yeah, it's but fun as hell. I- the reason I've been interested in this, you just have to tell uh-huh. me if it's a yes or yes or no question or answer, okay. I guess, to my question. Um, what I was intrigued by and hoping for from this was, and you used the word spectacle already, so this is a bit leading. I'm hoping for big set pieces with these, it seems like a bunch of differently designed, interesting looking monsters. Is it that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah. You're jumping great. from set pe- monster set piece to monster set piece. That's, basically. that's exactly what I want. And occasionally there's a there's a Michael Rourke in the background. <laughs> hey. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, if you sounds, need anything more than that, then I don't know. Delightful. I don't know what you want. This sounds delightful. It, and it was. It was absolutely delightful. delightful. It was super fun to watch. Yeah. This is one you could totally invest your evening into, turn off your phone and pay super close attention to, or just kind of have it on in the background and do like games or something on the side. I think it works in both situations, but mm-hmm. it pays mm-hmm. off to pay attention to it and uh won't punish you for not like taking notes basically i guess is the dichotomy yeah. i'm trying to line to, i don't to know how many people here. are doing that you're speaking to your your co-hosts right now <laughs> taking notes I'm, yes i am literally speaking to my co-hosts <laughs> that's right true now. That's it's, it's true in both regards hey mark what's your <laughs> other one that's less palatable uh okay so the other one that i watched is bad hair which is available on hulu are either of you familiar with this yes yes Cool. So, bad hair. <laughs> thank you for elaborating. Uh, bad hair is. <laughs> I mean, you're the one to a, elaborate. You saw it. It's it's a 1980s. Uh, it's kind of it's set against this like 1980s grim, gritty L.A. backdrop mm-hmm. that follows a young black woman who's like trying to make it in the world of TV, and in order to do so, she gets a weave, and that weave is possessed. It's a Hulu joint, right? This is Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's available on Hulu. Um, so that weave is possessed and horror ensues uh, mm-hmm. as she is, is. I mean, I feel like there are a few of these movies floating out there of like you get this mystical artifact and that mystical artifact sort of takes over and like kills people. But then you get fame and you become like powerful and stuff and you don't want to give. It's kind of a monkey paw type of situation. Yeah. Not quite that. But uh, let me start with a cast on this one. It's got an absolutely incredible cast. So Elle Lorraine is the main lady. She, I don't think, has been in anything else, but she is the like the leading actress here, and she does a phenomenal job. But outside of her, you have Lena Waithe, Vanessa Williams, Judith Scott, Jay Farrow, Usher, fucking James Vanderbeek is in this. <laughs> it's it's Why? such a it, it, <laughs> yep <laughs> yes sir exactly uh, uh okay. nicole Byer makes a couple random bit part appearances in the background i mean it's i i, I should say as a little bit more context justin simeon of of dear white people fame uh wrote and direct this directed this um and a few of those folks are also from the dear white people side of things. So this is very clearly like a story told from the from the side of Hollywood, from like the African Americans, the African ancestry side of Hollywood, um, that I am clearly not the target demo on. So I should say like I don't feel qualified to like fully weigh in on this one, but coming in with that sort of expectation of this is something not made for me uh, that I might not like fully resonate with, kind of. In a way, this story is told that like it 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 frees you from having to like try and do that and just like allow it to wash over you, and this becomes just an absolutely incredible like B movie roller coaster. Okay, <laughs> that I don't think this movie is really tr- seriously trying to take itself. Uh, like it's it's not trying to take itself too seriously. This is a movie about a haunted weave. Like mm-hmm. you should, we should start from that standpoint and understand that like, I, I don't think this is trying to be some type of dissertation on like racial politics or sexual dynamics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the way that it leverages that to actually make some pretty cogent points about society and whatever, even back in the 1980s, but obviously with resonance in, in the modern world yeah. is incredible and entertaining at the same time. So there were a few times, this was one of those ones that like, 
I put on because I wanted to see it, and my wife would walk in on random scenes and just be like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I had basically no defense. I was like, look, it's kind of a weird movie, but you should just sit down and watch it sometime. Um, and I think that is kind of the thing. You have to watch this like whole cloth. You have to just go in and get the get from tip to tail on this one because if you kind of pop in and out, it's it, I don't know if this will work for you, but I had a hell of a lot more fun in this one than I have in most other B movies. Normally I say like you set out to make a bad movie, you succeeded in making a bad movie. They set out in making sort of a tongue-in-cheek bad movie and they succeeded in making like an actually kind of fun movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So if you have the time and energy uh, and are willing to go in for something that's a little bit cheesy, uh, a little bit fun, a little bit irreverent, uh, and, I mean, based on our listener statistics, probably not made directly for you, but you know what? If you want to go in for that, Bad Hair on Hulu was a pretty damn fun ride. Do we have anything else to talk about? No, and get out of here so fast. I have to pee so badly. <laughs> okay, with that, this has been the 31st episode of the A to Z HPCV FPP. We'd like to thank you once again for being a patron of ours, and we hope you're enjoying this bonus content. Let us know what you think by sending us comment through Patreon or by clicking on any of those links that I assume are below. If you are not a patron of ours and you're hearing this for the first time, hey, maybe consider joining. For the foreseeable future, we will continue donating all proceeds to Feeding America so you can count it as one of your good deeds for the day, I guess. Um... We might do this periodically, but for the most part, this podcast is going to stay in its own private feed. So if you want more of this bonus content, that's how you got to get it. The music you're hearing right now is brought to you by Superbear. You know how to spell it at this point. Until two-ish weeks from now, grab some beers, vote on our polls, keep an eye out for that Omnibus episode that's going to be hitting at you in the next, I don't know, two weeks or so. And have a great fortnight, everybody. Happy holidays. This is the reason why you constantly edit and revise your list, you know? You just gotta, you gotta excise the stinkers.